You are listening to Rockwell Church in Virginia, Minnesota. Find us online at rockwell.church. Now, here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. God's design for your pace of life. God's design for your pace of life. It is really easy for us to race through life. And as I was thinking about some of the people that have attended this church for a long time, I know that some of you are retired, but that does not mean that you are not busy. Actually, I've seen some retired people who have fuller schedules than people that work full-time with families and everything. Busyness is a choice. We brag about our busyness. Workaholism is one of those respectable sins that no one frowns upon in the church. I'm pretty sure most of you would love to see me work all day and all night, seven days a week, and be out in the community and in the church and everywhere at every time, uh, which wouldn't be a good pace of life. And I'm sure that some of you in your wisdom would come alongside and say, slow down, Rome isn't built in a day, you don't have to do everything. Well, those are the things that I've actually heard from wise, godly people in churches in the past. So, but we can choose what we're going to do with our time. We can choose how we're going to honor and worship the Lord. And we can choose what we do with the commandment, the fourth commandment, to honor the Sabbath. To honor the Sabbath, the Sabbath day. To remember the Sabbath day. In Exodus chapter 20, we're in a series on the Ten Commandments. We're on this one now. Remember the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So, we don't celebrate the Sabbath day because that's on Saturday. And if you looked at the laws or the the things that the Pharisees came up for keeping Sabbath day rules, we don't we don't participate in that either. I mean, they made all sorts of rules about all the things you couldn't do. Um, so we wouldn't have been able to get to church because it would have been too far of a distance to cover. Uh, you wouldn't have been able to make yourself that toast this morning or whatever you had for breakfast. You'd have to figure it all out the night before on the Sabbath. But we celebrate what we look at, what we honor is the Lord's Day. So Sunday, the first day of the week, the day that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And that's what we're going to look at with the time that we have. So, oh, by the way, before I forget, another thing that you can help me with, um, besides there's the refreshments after the service, so um, is that there's this hangable poster and these little handouts, and if you would take them to like grocery stores, where you work, whatever, help me put them up around town, that would be great. So there's, we can make more, but to invite people to church and to vacation Bible school. All right, anyway, number one, God showed us how to rest. So he created everything. He spoke the world into existence. He didn't have to take a break. He didn't have to slow down. He didn't have to uh, exemplify, model taking a break, but he knew how he created us and he knew that we needed to rest. So Genesis 2-2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. So he is an example for us to follow that God 
worked, and then he rested. And you and I need to rest. There is a pace of life that we uh, can figure out. So there is habits that we can develop where we can put God first, where we can put God first with the things that we do and how we do it and how much we do. And it is wise sometimes to push back and tell people that, no, that's too much work. I'm going to do this section of work, but I'm not going to do that section of work. I think I shared this before, but I was on a missions trip in South America, and we were building uh, a couple of houses, or there's actually this really big house, uh, second house for these girls that would come out, come out of the orphanage in Santiago, Chile. So they were, um, you know, they turned 18, and the doors would open, and they'd have to be out on the streets. So they were building this house of hope for these girls. And so, and I was also there doing ministry stuff and leading Bible studies and children's ministry and stuff. But when we weren't doing that, we were sheetrocking and siding and mudding and everything. And a couple of the guys are like, we're just going to push this through and we're going we're gonna to work, work all night and get this done. And so I do not like mudding sheetrock and then sanding it because that is the ultimate uh, like realization of your inadequacy when you have to sand your own mud. I much prefer professionals with banjos and stilts that know what they're doing. And I told them, I'm like, I will, I'm all for this and getting this done. I said, I will work hard. I will give you my best for, I'll give you eight hours. And then after that, I'm done. I'm taking a break. I'm calling my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Otherwise, I'm going to pace myself the entire time with a really bad attitude. <laughs> and so uh, they're like, I get that. I understand that. That's good. That's wise. So, so it's fair to push back. It's fair to have a system. It's fair to know exactly how you're going to plan your week. And what you want to do if you want to come out ahead is you want to put God first in your week. So it's not just you uh, do whatever you want for six days and then uh, one day you put God, uh, you know, come to church and then you do your God thing and then you get back to whatever else you were doing. But instead, you put God first. And so the Sabbath Saturday moved to Resurrection Sunday when Jesus was resurrected from the dead after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, so that would be Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb and that kicked off the church, Christ followers worshiping on the Lord's day, not on the Sabbath day. So on the Sabbath day, it is a great time for us to worship together. It is a great custom in our country, in our culture over the years for churches to gather and worship on Sunday. Now there's other churches that worship on different days and those are great too. It would be great if we had, if we were reaching more people and we had a Saturday night service. I know one church has a Thursday service for those people that have to work on Sundays. So it is okay if you have to work on Sunday. Me, when I was looking for a job, I specifically said, I prefer not to work on Sundays. If there's an emergency, I will come in and work on Sundays. But otherwise, I'm more likely to want to work at a job where I don't have to work on Sunday mornings, especially because it's my religious practice to go to church. And so that was honored. I think only one time was I ever asked to come in on a Sunday. And we can uh, let people know what exactly uh, we are about and why it's important to us, and hopefully they will uh, listen. But we come to church 
not just to hear a message, but we come to church to encourage each other. We come to church to serve. We come to church to show God how much He matters to us. When we go out the door of our house and we get in our car and we drive down the street on Sunday morning, the neighbors say, oh, I, they're probably like, oh, they're heading to church. And they know that church is important to us. And on the Lord's Day, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That's why it's also important that we record what we can and put it online for people to watch so they can be part of our church even when they can't get here. So we worship together. It is a great practice. I hope it continues on. Everything in our culture stands against it between, you know, work and sports. I mean, before uh, people, school districts would say, okay, we're not having anything on Wednesday nights because that's church night and we're going to keep Sunday mornings clear of the schedule because people go to church. But now, uh, when I leave church and, you know, drive down the road, I see little kids playing t-ball. I know, you know, there's hockey and sports practice and wrestling tournaments and volleyball tournaments, and no one really seems to care much about Sunday anymore. So, but we can make that part of our discipline. God gives rest. God gives us rest. So if you look at the, the time frame that the Ten Commandments were given, the Israelites had come out in the Exodus, they had come out of Egypt and they're in the wilderness and God throws down this command that says, hey, I know that you're scrounging to try to make ends meet and I know you're doing all this work and all these things are important, but I want you to just stop on one day and take a break. I want you to rest. I want you to think about me. I want you to... to have a holy day and, and think about me and think about the things of God. And I don't want you to work. As a matter of fact, I'm going to provide manna for you to eat. And I'm going to provide you twice as much manna so that on, you can save some and then enjoy that on the day I have for you for the Sabbath day. And then, uh, then it will continue on. So if you take too much, it's going to, it's going to get maggots and it. it's going to get bad. But on that time, it's going to hold up because I am God who provides for you. And God still provides for us. When we put God first with our time, when we put God first with our finances, when we put God first with going to church, God can bless us. He can help us to get ahead. In Psalm 127 too, it says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. God can bless us. God can help us. Um, I have been so encouraged over the years by people in the church that put God first and said, you know, I know I don't have to, you know, celebrate or uh, honor the Sabbath like the Ten Commandments, like it's this legalistic thing, but I do know it's a day to worship the Lord and I want to put Him first in honor. And so what they would do is... uh, some guys would go out hunting in the morning, and then they'd show up to church. Sometimes they didn't even change their clothes. They just showed up, and they're like, hunting, second, God first. We just kind of switched it as far as the morning. And then some farmers that it was time to bring in the harvest, and it was a beautiful day for the harvest, and they're like, we don't harvest on the Lord's day. We're going to, take a, we're going to be with our family. We're going to take a rest. We're going, to, we're going to harvest those other days. We're going to get it done. But on the day that we're setting aside to honor the Lord, we're not getting in our combines. We're going to put God first. We're not going to harvest on those days. God called Nehemiah, the cupbearer, to go and help his people build up a wall. And so he is trying to uh, build this wall. Meanwhile, uh, he's trying to protect uh, 
himself and others from uh, people that would get in the way. So with a sword in one hand and uh, bricks in the other, he was getting stuff done. And so he called out some things that were wrong. And one thing that he called out was that they were not observing the Sabbath. In Nehemiah thirteen fifteen, he says, In those days I saw men of Judah treading out the wine, their winepress on the Sabbath. They were also bringing in grain, loading it on donkeys, and bringing their wine, grapes, figs, and all sorts of produce to Jerusalem to sell on the Sabbath. So I rebuked them for selling produce on that day. Some men from Tyre who lived in Jerusalem were bringing in fish and all kinds of merchandise. They were selling it on the Sabbath to the people of Judah and in Jerusalem at that. So I confronted the nobles of Judah. Why are you profaning the Sabbath in this evil way? So when God said to them, you're going to observe a Sabbath, what he was saying is that you all need to rest, and I'm going to have you all rest at the same time. So if you all are resting at the same time, then you can all focus on the same thing, as opposed to one of you taking a rest day over here, and another one of you saying, well, it was my rest day, but now I seem to have to do this kind of work and, and whatever. But Jesus says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath, which means there are freedoms in the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is supposed to be a holy day to the Lord. So um, I don't think that that keeps you from doing the things that you want to do. You put God first, you went to church and everything. So what I've noticed that some families do is some families are like, okay, we went to church, we spent some time with God, you can do whatever you want now, you know. Other families are like, no, it is the Lord's Day, so um, we're going to, you know, stick together as a a family. Um, If you're going to watch anything on TV, it can only be Christian, we're only going to listen to Christian music, and so we're going to have these kinds of, you know, we're going to put God first and not do other things, we're going to focus on God. And then I saw one, one family... They're like, okay, the only thing you can do, kids, is you can go in your room and read your Bible. It's the Sabbath. And so I don't know if that is helpful or not. So I think it was D.L. Moody uh, in, a, in a book about the Sabbath said the Sabbath restrictions were so harsh that, or one author, the Sabbath restrictions were so, har- so harsh that they were so glad when that day was over. And that is not the way it's supposed to be. So on one hand, you have a freedom to do what you want to do on the Sabbath. On the other hand, I think you should be wise about it. So I don't necessarily think it's a time to say, well, you know, God told me to rest, so I'm just going to sit on the couch and binge Netflix and not watch anything worthwhile or whatever. You can find a balance there. But in Colossians 2.16, it says, Don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. And I'm not going to go there, but in Hebrews it talks about how Christ is our ultimate rest, how he has uh, provided for us. And someday when he returns, there won't be a need to work. There won't be a need to strive. And uh, we will be in his presence. It will be awesome. But again, Paul says in Romans 14, 5, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. So um, you, like I said, you know, you might have to work today, but you should find some time to rest. You should find some time to put God first. You should, in your schedule, try to figure out what you can do to honor God, to make it a holy day, uh, or maybe every day, 
should be considered holy, but you might need to find times where you take a rest. And there's other people who are like, well, I'm actually, my job doesn't really make me tired. I'm not tired. So uh, what if you went out and enjoyed God's creation? I mean, it's a beautiful time right now. Um, I knew, I, I met this pastor of a church in Indonesia and what they did in their church. Maybe we should do this in our church. You probably all run for the doors if, I, if, I, if we actually did this. Is what they would do is they'd gather together in the morning and worship and then they would eat and then they would all, they would pray and then they'd all go out to different parts of the city and they would spend the rest of the day trying to lead people to Christ. And then they would come back in the evening and share if they led anybody to Christ or bring those people with them. And it was an all-day thing and that's how they, that's how they honored God on the Sabbath. But the Sabbath can repair and prepare. It can give us a chance to pause, an excuse to stop, an excuse in a time frame, to think about what are we doing in our life? Is there any sin that we need to repent of? How are we doing in our walk with Christ? What can we do differently? And we can obviously rest, to take time out from secular work to recharge with God. And maybe one of the most godly things you can do is be still, know God is God, and maybe a nap is the most spiritual thing that you need in your walk with God on a Sunday afternoon. So, or maybe not. Maybe you'll do other things. So there is grace and freedom in that. Maybe you need to reflect and think about what you've done and where you've been and what you can do differently and um, how you can become more effective and, again, pray and recommit your life to Christ. And, um, you know, just think about on, on these Sundays, um, as, as I'm assuming your work week starts on Monday or your school week or whatever starts on Monday, you know, what, you're going to go, you're going to go around the, the whole circle again, so what can you do? You're going to take another lap. What can you do to do better? What can you do to be more effective? What can you do to be used more by God? What can you do to um, bless people? And again, refocus, part of the same thing, but recommit and plot your course for the coming week, which is part of what I just said. But we have so many different opportunities around us that we just don't have time to take. We have so many things that we can do that maybe we don't need to do them. We are so busy doing things. The Tyranny of the Urgent, that's a good little booklet to read sometimes. We're doing so many things that just, in the whole spectrum of life, they don't really need to be done. And we're missing out on opportunities of other things that could be really, really important. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. We're going to sing in Christ alone, but on Memorial Day weekend, next week we're going to talk about God's design for life and death. So that's from the commandment, do not murder. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people that are here and for the graduates. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would call out to you. Lord Jesus, please show yourself to me. Help me understand what it would mean to be your follower. Lord, your word says that we're sinners and we need to be saved. And if there's anybody here that wants to be saved from their sin, let them call out to you or talk to us and we can show them resources. There's a book out there on how to find God, but we want to help in that. So Lord, I pray you'd bless these people here. I pray you'd help us to use our Lord's days appropriately and holy, in holy ways. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message from Pastor Chris Tyen at Rockwell Church has encouraged you in your faith. Join us next Sunday at 1015 a.m. in person or watch online. We are located on Highway 53 at 93 Midway Drive in Virginia, Minnesota. To find out more and to let us know how we can pray for you, go to our website at rockwell.church.